Today with me is Ritik Nair. He is my co-founder. He is a good friend, and uh, he's an actor. He is uh, most importantly my financial advisor, <laughs> which I shouldn't forget. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, you, you tell, uh, you tell people. Why am I telling you? Tell. Okay, so yeah, I've been knowing Yash for quite a long while. Excuse me, doing Yash as in? I've been knowing that knowing. that sounded really wrong. He, mm. we don't do each other. Acha, <laughs> okay. Hmm. So yeah, so I've been knowing Yash for quite a while, and uh, you know, the the skills that he has that is something that I admire quite okay. a lot. Okay, you know, thank you. It's it's too You're supposed good. to introduce yourself. Okay. Buttering me is a good idea, but. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Ritik, and I'm co-founder of Learnor, and today we are going to talk about the movie, The Godfather. Uh huh. Yeah, we're going to talk about Godfather today. Uh you tell me when when did you first see Godfather? Like a lot of people have seen when they were kids, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of connection. They have a lot of story. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have something like that? So yeah. So the first time I wanted to see Godfather was when my friend's dad told me that Godfather is the only book which is as good as the movie. Okay. So I had already read the book. Okay. And now I wanted to read them. Uh, I wanted to see the movie. Mm-hmm. So then I downloaded it, and then I you know watched it in a single stretch, and also. I had also uh, heard Barack Obama say in one of his interviews that Godfather is his favorite movie. Oh, okay, Barack so Obama. So that's what that's what prompted me to watch uh, wow, The Godfather. Wow, wow. Yeah. So how old were you then? I was around I guess 16. Okay. I was around 16. Yeah, it makes sense, you know, why you related the book <laughs> first because yeah. he is a bookworm, you are a huge bookworm. Yeah, how many yeah. books have you read so far? A zillion. Mm, approximately around 200 to 250 wow 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 mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot of books yeah, yeah especially when you consider he's really really young how old are you 20 21 mm, something 21 would be 21 22 so. in september yes. yeah so he's 21 and he has read 200 books so mm-hmm. that's just a lot of books to be honest wow so uh when you see saw this movie when you were 16 hmm. uh what is something that uh what what is the what is the most impactful thing then? Like what is something that just stuck with you then? So uh, first of all, I, I should say when I, when I saw the movie at sixteen, I, I didn't find anything special in that because you know I was used to watching uh, 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 melodramatic Bollywood and Tollywood movies, so I, I didn't I didn't quite appreciate uh, the the you know the good aspects of mm-hmm. the Godfather movie. So mm-hmm. I I watched it twice after that and the next time I was I was when I was I guess 19 or 20 okay so at that time I just loved it I just loved it like anything okay. and uh, then afterwards when I was 21 or so uh, I, I forgot the, I forgot the story so I watched it again okay. so the one story or the one incident which uh, really really stuck with me uh-huh. was you know when uh, Don Corleone's son is killed Sony. Okay. And okay. Sony is killed. So being the dawn that he is, being the uh, you know, powerful man that he is with all his resources, he could have just chosen to kill his enemies or uh, you know uh, start a 
start go on a rampage start killing each and everyone who is in some or the other way responsible for his son's death but instead what he chose to do was he called a meeting of all the dons uh, all the, know, five, the five families yeah all the five families of uh, new york five italian families and chose to make a truce and mm-hmm. that's what he did with the other dons i don't remember the names barzini and there was one more don there's a there's a good scene yeah, yeah, where yeah, they yeah, hug yeah. each other I so remember that yeah. instead of instead of uh, reacting compulsively he chose to make the most sensible and uh, wise decision mm-hmm. that that has stuck with me makes sense makes sense makes sense mm-hmm. so when did you read the book oh, i read the book when i was 13 or 14 wow. my, my my physics my class teacher recommended that to me oh my god and she used to teach physics and all of a sudden some someone in the class asked her what's your what's your favorite book and she said the godfather oh, so i thought amazing. why not give it a try mm. so since you have read so many books mm. which is your favorite book let's let's say mm, i can't uh, i see it depends on the genre it's, it totally depends on the see because in fiction mm-hmm. i i could i could go for uh, you know it it is between the kite runner or a thousand splendid suns so these both are books written by khalid hosseini okay and uh, it's it's quite it, it brings out the emotions <clears throat> in the reader I, i mean that's what i can say about the book because mm-hmm. i don't quite remember the story uh-huh. uh, very vaguely i remember the story but i can for sure say that the book was really impactful and really powerful book and in non fiction you know non fiction as in uh, in finance you could say it's uh, the making of an american capitalist okay it's a okay. book written by uh, roger lowenstein it's a biography of warren buffett oh very okay. detailed biography so okay so there's no particular favorite book but mm-hmm. you know in two different genres these are my favorite books oh okay wow 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 so coming back to the godfather mm-hmm. and your physics teacher uh-huh. was she a bomb <laughs> <laughs> no no she was not <laughs> well then you didn't go I, to good school bro what, I, were, what were you doing in school i, I didn't view her that way but <laughs> she was she was a very sweet teacher coming back i to be honest uh, only saw godfather last week because i was preparing for the podcast to be honest like i have heard a zillion times about the godfather from a zillion different people and uh, never actually got around watching it i have downloaded it multiple times uh, even got as far as watching you know the, the the movie starts at the wedding scene right yeah, yeah i've seen probably the first 20 30 minutes okay four times or five times but never got around finishing the movie so last week i finally sat down and i finished the movie in two sittings uh with with my diary at hand because i wanted to write down for the podcast so which was the most influential scene or or the scene which you like the most in the movie mm wow that is quite difficult uh, to point out because there are so many brilliant scenes in the movie to be honest uh i think one of my favorite has to be when michael the younger son of don colioni goes to see his doctor in the hospital uh, goes to see his dad in the hospital mm. yeah and he notices there is no policeman there is no detectives there is no protection there there's no one okay uh, that's a suspense scene you know he figures out even you figure out you figure out that something bad is going to happen somebody's going to try to kill don colioni and he figures out that as well 
um, so you know there is a suspense build up but okay. unlike modern movies movies shot in 2019 2020 uh there's no digital camera i'm guessing the movie was shot on film because back then a lot of movies were and uh, even the texture of the f- movie the, the whole thing looks like it is shot on film now i could be wrong i haven't researched it yet but it seems like a movie shot on the film so back then i'm sure there wasn't enough technology to pull off a lot of things which are done today uh so in order to build suspense today the, the lights would flicker the camera's frame rate would go down drast- drastically you know would make the footage look slightly choppier the music would go high things like that the 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 whole color palette the whole tint of the scene so to speak would change uh i'm not sure but i think those things were not possible or not that easy back then using a film camera so you see the suspense that is built is purely authentic it comes from really great storytelling doesn't come from the lights doesn't come from the camera doesn't come from the music the lights do not flicker in the hospital the lights do not flicker because in real life lights won't flicker <laughs> like it doesn't make sense right yeah so um uh in in that scene suspense is built through good storytelling and good clues visual hints things like there's a cup of coffee which is hot you can see some vapors coming out of the cup the coffee is that hot but there's nobody sitting on the table so okay. so such things such mm-hmm. things amazing storytelling amazing like visual clues dabbed all over the scene uh yeah, even even when i read about uh, the director francis ford coppola mm-hmm. so it was mentioned that he almost scripted you know each and every scene you know to the minutest detail okay okay maybe the only uh, like as per my knowledge the only part where the scene had to be improvised was mm-hmm. in the initial scene when the i don't remember his name the funeral guy the funeral <sighs> guy when he talks to don corleone <laughs> he requests uh, he requests don corleone to do something so that his daughter gets justice yeah, so there's right, a scene right, 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 when right. the cat jumps onto don corleone's lap Uh-huh. Don't call on his lap, and he starts playing uh, with the cat. He starts playing with the cat. So, oh, so that you was, mean that was improvised? That, that was, was improvised. That okay. was not part of the script. The cat just abruptly well, jumps on. Well, makes sense now that you think yeah. of it, because nobody can get a cat to do anything. Uh-huh. That's how cats are. They're like, yeah. but then I wonder. You want me to join? You know, Don't call on his lap. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck Don't call on me. Fuck lap. Then I wondered how the why if, if the script was so. Uh, you know detail then why did the director allow the cat to be on the set and on the first place but you know it must have come from somewhere mm-hmm. yeah makes sense you know but uh, again actually i wrote in my notes that i love don colony that is where i started loving him like i'm like man you're the man man because he loves cats hmm. everyone should love cats <laughs> i i i don't know i'm a huge cat person i love cats so i was hmm. got impressed with him when he uh, when i saw that he had a pet cat but uh, anyhow um yeah the scenes are very well thought through in fact um you're saying you know that this guy scripted everything the scenes were scripted to the minutest details yeah. not, not not only the script even the character so even the characters what i found peculiar is there is no scene of michael corleone 
were of course there are there are I guess one or two with K Adams with his you know first wife. Yeah. But otherwise, Michael, it's not his wife. It's his girlfriend, right? Yeah, it's his, I, I guess it's his girlfriend. How he gets oh, married. No, she's later. the one who is in Italy or the one in. Greece? No, no, no. It, Italy one was Apollonia. Okay. Italy okay. one yeah, was Apollonia so who before, dies in the car lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's just his girlfriend. He gets married, I think, towards the very end or something like that. Yeah, towards the end. Not towards, sure. Yeah. Towards yeah. the end. So. One or two times, uh, he just gets angry at her when you know she threatens that she would take away the kids from him and things like that. But otherwise, he has been a calm, you know, a very very focused individual of that sort. Mm-hmm. But but it is shown in the film very very perfectly that he is extremely ruthless. So yeah, first, it first it is shown uh, in the scene where he kills Solozo and the police inspector. Mm-hmm. And the other one was the least expected because, you know, after the truce created by Don Corleone, the entire Sicilian, you know, the mob, the mafia, they expected the truce to continue. But what Michael Corleone did, as soon as he took took the throne after his father's death, yeah. was he killed all the enemies, and yeah. it was so well planned. You know, perfectly executed. Perfectly Nobody executed. had the time to yeah. even process what just happened. Yeah. Forget rebound and forget take an action. I know. Yeah. And Everything that just happens. yeah that that shows how ruthless he is without without even showing, you know, uh, without even emphasizing on uh, that person's outbursts or anything, just keeping him as a silent and intensely focused character. His ruthlessness is shown. In fact, he is. Um, I feel that he's the more scarier character. Hmm. The reason being, you never know what is going on in his head. Yeah, and in contrast, Sony, his elder brother. I actually sh- can empathize a lot with Sony. Sony, <laughs> Sony, I don't Sony know. Sony yeah. yeah. He is very aggressive. He out, he, you know, he gets he gets triggered at every little thing, especially in the starting scene. He goes yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, gate yeah, and he, yeah, yeah. you know, throws away the photo of a photographer's camera yeah, and then he yeah. and he throws uh, the cash on yeah, his cash face, on his face like with, with, with disrespect yeah. and things like that so he is shown as very aggressive but you know mm-hmm. yes he dies midway <laughs> mm. yeah true that in fact uh, coming back to some of my notes that I've written I think uh, a general thumb of rule rule of thumb Sorry. Okay. Uh, in filmmaking, is you always start with a wide angle establishing shot. Hmm, okay. An establishing shot in the beginning of a movie, a beginning of a TV show, beginning of a scene, a beginning of even something like a social media video that, that we do. Uh, we generally start with a wide angle shot to give the viewer some spatial awareness, to give them an idea of where the scene is being played. Godfather takes that rule. And shoves it up at us. Mm-hmm. Godfather movie starts with an extreme close-up close of up. this funeral yeah. guy. Funeral guy. Yeah. And uh, as he keeps talking, the frame gets wider and wider yeah. and wider. And the camera is placed right behind Don, Don Corleone's shoulder. Yeah, right side to the right. Yeah, on the right side. Mm. Yes. It, it, it plays, I think, a great role, you know. And even uh, Don Corleone is not completely visible. Oh, that is, that is another brilliant yeah, it's, it's, thing. It's, but, I don't uh, know, or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... So I think one of the reasons why uh, the, the, the movie started, the, the framing is done in a way, it, it is an extreme close-up at the start and then it zooms out, is because it wants us to pay all the attention to this guy's problem. Mm-hmm. When, when, you know, that's how viewers' attention goes. The more space something takes in the frame, the more attention he will have from the viewer. Mm-hmm. 
So since it's an extreme close-up of his face, we he has our full attention. But then as the frame gets wider and wider, the the filmmaker uh, wants us to pay more attention to Dol Colioni, to other things present in the room, to show that yeah, you're empathizing with this guy, but he's just some small person, hmm. not that significant, not yeah. that important in the mm-hmm. in the in the grand schema of things. Yeah, so I think that is the reason why they broke the law. That they broke the rule. I, I won't call it breaking the law, but mm. I think it is very rare. It's so rare, in fact, I cannot think of another example where a movie started with a close-up shot. Okay. Sometimes scenes do, for, for various reasons, to make the viewer a little disoriented, to make viewer a little scared, maybe. But very rarely, the whole movie starts with a close-up. That's, mm-hmm. that's very rare, I think. Yeah, I guess sometimes, you know, people come up who, who you know, challenge the conventional wisdom. Yeah. Maybe in filmmaking, it's Quentin Tarantino. Like, I guess, uh, of this age, I guess, maybe in business, it's Steve Jobs and stuff like that. True. Maybe Francis Ford Coppola was one of them. True. True that. And in fact, the, the thing where you were saying how Don Colioni is introduced, like he is, it's his, not his face that is shown, it's more of a silhouette. Even mm. I think that plays a very strong role, a very important role in showing uh, how strong he is as a character. Mm-hmm. You see a person whom you instantly empathize because it was his close-up in the movie started. Since you empathize with him, all of a sudden, at the, at the very beginning itself, Don Colioni is set up as a huge, huge mm-hmm. character. Right. Okay. And then you hear his name first. And then you see him. So by the time you see him, he doesn't have to look really good or have yeah. really good clothing sense mm-hmm. in order to in order to be set up as as a very respectful guy. You already respect him. When they show the face, the face is only a placeholder for the respect. So one more one more part about Don Colony which I liked was I guess there is there is one scene where, I don't know, I guess Don Colony cries after Sonny's death. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh, uh-huh. so, I don't know, I, I found that expression on Don Colony's face very peculiar. I mean, with that mouthpiece which he was holding inside his uh-huh, mouth. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, to give that expression with that mouthpiece and as per the character, to give that expression as per the character, it must have been a, been a, it must have been a tough ordeal. But nevertheless, it was perfect, that scene. I agree. I agree. In fact, uh, Don Colioni is, uh, though he doesn't spend a lot of time on the camera in the movie, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, but he is definitely the main protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is definitely like the person people fall in love with instantaneously. Um, and, and I really love, you know, again, coming back to the first scene, the, the funeral guy is asking Don Colioni's help. Uh, the way Don Colioni replies to him. Okay, he says that, why did you go to the police first? Why did you not come to me? Yeah, right. And then uh, a lot of things happen and then he's like, I'll pay you anything. Don Colioni. And he's like, I don't want, I will not do this for money. If you came to me in friendship. Hmm. Clearly shows that this guy uh, um, has, a, has a really good taste of people. You know, he has a really good sense of judging from a distance, uh, what kind of person he or she is? Are they really out for help? Are they really my friends? Or are they here just for my help? Right. 
So, but but one thing which you know which didn't quite sit well with me, I don't know. Maybe it's I I just found it absurd. But whenever he does a favor for something, <laughs> for uh, I'm sorry. Whenever he does a favor for someone, mm-hmm. uh, even in the initial scenes, uh, to the funeral guy when he says, <laughs> "Okay, justice will be done to your daughter." So uh-huh. he after after telling this, he tells that guy. As of today, mm-hmm. accept this. Accept this as, as a wed- as a wedding gift. As yeah. On the on the day of my daughter's wedding. Mm-hmm. But one day may come when I might ask a favor of you. Mm-hmm. Until that day, accept it as a gift as a on gift. my daughter's wedding day. True. So that's what he says. So everything. Uh, it's it's a transaction, you know. You do something, you some you do something for someone. It comes on your assets column, you know. It means you can ask for a payback anytime you wish to. So that's one part which I I didn't feel quite. I don't know, maybe in, in the Sicilian mafia business it might work like that. The truth is, see, everything is a transaction. You think about it. I don't know. Even even among us, among friends, among everyone. Like if I. Um, Let's say, I don't know, you call me at uh, 12 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and you say, hey, Yash, uh, you know, I'm stuck at Washi, trains are not working and it's 12 a.m. Can I come and sleep at your place? If I say yes, and let's say six months later, I call you and I'm like, hey, I'm stuck at Seawoods and trains are not working. Can I sleep at your place? Though you might not uh, be the kind of person, you might be living with your family. You might be living with other flatmates. You might already have some guests down, but now you will have this moral pressure on you that, hey, that that time when I was stuck, he helped me, so I should be helping him, mm-hmm. right? right? So um, regardless of what people say, regardless of how crude and uh, cold-hearted this might sound, but everything is a transaction at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And when you're a Don and when you are, they, they haven't shown, they haven't shown that he's an immigrant from Italy, but... Uh, uh, back then, there were a lot of people who were immigrants from Italy, mm-hmm. who who were not very well off. Now, I'm not saying he was one of them, but it could be. So, um, yeah, when when you are in one of those situations, mm. that is that is how you see life. That is how you see life. But contrast to this, mm-hmm. the family bonds mm-hmm. in the movie it is shown as extremely strong. It's not extremely strong because uh, one one part which shows how much Don Corleone values family is mm-hmm. when he comes to know that his daughter is being subjected to domestic violence in her house. Yeah. After being married. Yeah. Uh, her, her husband, her husband mm-hmm. Carlo mistreats her, you know, and uh, Sony was Sony Corleone was objecting to this every time, but Don yeah. Corleone repeatedly says to him. Now she has been married. It's a separate thing. Now it's her business and her husband's business. Mm-hmm. We should not interfere. You know. Mm-hmm. So, I feel, again, this coming from some someone else, it it could have been okay. But this coming from Don Corleone, you know, who could have you know killed Carlo on the spot. He came to know about his daughter's news, but he just didn't do anything. He just let family work as family. I don't know. I think uh, I definitely don't think that's right. By the way. Uh, for the matter of record but then I also think that's how a lot of people back then reacted because let's think about this this was quite a long time ago this wasn't 2020 this wasn't the the postmodern era and uh, 
Yeah, I, I think for a very long time, you, in, our, in our country, at some places, even today in India, people think like that. Once a daughter, once your daughter is married, it's her business, it's, it's her thing mm-hmm. now. She is supposed to live with the husband, that is how it should be. Which is sad, which I know of a lot of cases where it has uh, let domestic violence brew. Mm-hmm. Brew till it really became brutal, till it really became sad, till it was... Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. It, it happens. People used to do that back then. And I'm not saying it was right, but uh, that was the kind of traditional thinking that people had. And then sadly, some people still do. That once your daughter is married, it is her business. She is supposed to live with her husband. She'll adjust a little. Uh, so I'm not saying that was right, but I can see where Don Colioni was coming from. Mm-hmm. But there was always a reverse side to it. You know, there was this guy called Tessio. Okay. Who was very loyal to the family at first. Mm-hmm. But later when Don Corleone died and when, when, and when he felt that, uh, you know, the Corleone side was getting weak, he tried to join hands with Barzini. <laughs> he tried to join hands with Barzini. Uh, you know, that's visible at the scene in the funeral of Don Corleone when he's talking to Barzini. Yeah. But, you know, when again the Corleone family came back to power because of Michael Michael's actions uh, uh-huh. after he killed Mo Green, every, and every everyone, yeah. yeah. He just kills Tessio. I mean, the, the killing scene is not shown in the film, but, you know, it means that an uh, action, how small it may be, it has consequences. And, you know, betrayal is not forgiven. I mean, that's, betrayal is never forgiven, yeah. to be honest. Be it uh, something harsh and brutal in the worlds of... Uh, I don't know, the gangs of New York and the, as in not the movie gangs of New York, as in the gangs of New mm-hmm. York in Godfather or be it in any kind of mafia or be it even in the corporate world, even among friends, I think. Um, if somebody beat, betrays, how, how do you know? How do you know you can trust that person? If somebody mm-hmm. betrayed you tomorrow for, uh, I don't know, and, mm-hmm. and told me something, how can how do I know I can't trust that guy? He won't yeah. betray me and go and tell you. So, but even there's a conflict from that other person side. Although he is doing something, uh, you know, very unjust. But you know, he he also has to decide. Let's say if something happens, and you know, he might not be able to feed his family or something like that. So he might have to switch sides. But eventually, uh, you know, you don't know how it will turn out. That's what happened with Tessio. He had to die. Well, it's then it's more of a case of insecurity. Yeah, and uh, trust me, insecurities don't lead anywhere. They're always insecure. Following an insecurity is always a dead end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I think uh, I I personally feel so. And if you follow an insecurity and uh, end up betraying somebody, that's always the end. That's always mm-hmm. the end. There's there's never a way out of that. So one thing I wanted to ask you: there's uh-huh. there's a scene in Godfather, okay? Okay. So how does Michael Corleone meet Apollonia? The scene when he sees that girl for the first time, and there is an expression of awe on his face. I mean, can I be honest? It it, it is in, in the book. I don't know in the movie. I haven't the seen bo- the book. I haven't okay. read the book. Sorry. In the book, it is it is shown as it's a thunderstruck. So thunderstruck happens when you when you see a really really beautiful girl, and you just go nuts. You you just you know you're in a trance. So some something like that has ever happened to you? I think it's absolute bullshit. 
it's absolute bullshit can can i be can i be very blunt yes, and honest yes. it is absolute bullshit there is mm-hmm. nothing like love at first sight michael corden is an exception mm-hmm. uh, no i think i saw the movie and i i even when seeing the movie i was like nice bullshit man where did you get that <laughs> to be honest like, wow that's the kind of things reserved for uh, i don't know cheap skate bollywood movies mm-hmm. <laughs> cheap skate love stories man for teenagers who still believe in fairies and i don't know whatever you just you just indirectly mentioned that francis ford coppola took ideas from bollywood <laughs> maybe maybe he was watching i don't know yes, he's, he's taking a flight um, to mumbai right now <laughs> to meet you <laughs> i don't know man uh, i love the movie but the whole idea of him finding mm. her and love at first sight and i'm like mm. that's lazy script writing yeah. bro you could have yes. shown her to be i don't know a hunter or mm. i don't know you could have shown a conversation somehow they had a conversation and then he fell for no her. i know why francis ford coppola didn't do that because she was they about to die to eventually yeah she, is a, she was about, about to die, die. so so why why sense. spend so much effort on apollonia true that true that true that mm-hmm. true that when you see it from that perspective it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. but uh, If you ask me love at first sight thunder trance all those cool terms but even her that felt really believe even her that felt real but because she was shown as a very you know humble uh, okay. i don't know very okay. very sweet true. character although, although she, she I, i don't think she has got any she has any dialogues <laughs> yeah but she is one of the very sweet character but yeah but to be honest i i saw the movie i've seen by the way so many movies now and mm-hmm. since i was seeing it purely purely from from writing notes perspective taking out uh, things to learn perspective mm-hmm. i was like she died and i was like yeah so she died cool mm-hmm. next scene yeah so uh, yeah that 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 mm-hmm. was like that but yeah i don't know man even the uh, there's one scene okay it had it it had a very dramatic effect to it but uh, mm-hmm. you know I, i don't think anybody would have done it in real life it was when you know don corleone Mm-hmm. sends tom hagen uh-huh. to that film director I, i don't know film director or film I, producer I, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah and he says that no i don't do such thing you know the role is reserved for another actor aha uh-huh. and uh, he ends up you know one morning he wakes up and he ends up with the head of his dead horse favorite favorite yes, horse favorite horse on his uh, in his on in his bed yeah, and yeah, he's like bed. oh my god what the fuck so you know I don't if, know man I haven't yes. been with a mafia if, if 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 I was Don Corleone I wouldn't ask my you know my subordinates to go and find out his favorite horse and cut his head and put it inside his blanket or something like that but yeah nevertheless you know such thinking doesn't make sense it definitely had a dramatic and visual appeal to it oh yeah it had a it had a really yeah. it also perfectly showed how capable don colony was if someone can get a horse's head under your blanket without you realizing <laughs> without you realizing like a fucking then, horse's head like yeah. i don't know horse head is this big hmm. yeah. wow and and it perfectly made a suspense because when it, it the scene starts with that there's, there's producer some sleeping the there's some blood on the blanket so i felt okay you know Maybe his you son know. might have been killed his daughter might have oh, been oh i thought killed. he was he was like huh. uh, yeah or, or he might have been killed but it turns out that there was a no when he starts was, moving i thought there must be like a knife in his stomach or something mm-hmm. or maybe like a uh, one of the nerves might have been cut in his hand mm, yeah or maybe i was just like they sprayed some fake blood just to scare mm-hmm. him that that thing was a horse's head was like totally unexpected uh right right around just before that scene how do they show the transaction uh, transition from uh, 
night when this guy is meeting the producer and everything yeah. to the morning that is really interesting mm. so i think back in the film days you couldn't uh, make time lapse for some reason i don't know maybe the frame rates were not high enough or low enough or something or maybe just compute editing on a computer wasn't a thing i think apple wasn't founded yet so they didn't have uh, final cut mm-hmm. which uh, editing on premiere pro must have sucked uh, hence they were you know what did they do they just uh, played a few scenes uh, which were actionless there's nothing much happening there's just a scene of this this few trees and there's wind blowing through the trees and the leaves are shaking but, but although although the... that's how they showed the passage of time like in modern movies we use time lapse so there's like if you want to show from night to day you use a time lapse where there's a certain scene it goes from dark to bright they took two three such scenes nothing much happens you just see a bit of light change Mm-hmm. and wind blowing and leaves moving and then it's the day mm-hmm. but in that scene i mean uh, the, the producer's presence in the entire movie is very minuscule he comes for a few minutes not more than that yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. just for that i guess early morning scene they you know they hired that entire bungalow i don't know that it, it looked like a resort or a yeah it was like a huge a huge bungalow it was a huge bungalow a huge place and i don't know the, it was the effect of the lighting or not but i f- i feel that shot was taken early in the morning itself because the lighting okay, the sunlight so? I, i don't know the, the sunlight everything feels perfect i i don't think lighting could have done it also you mean it was shot in the it was shot the yeah it was shot i don't know in the morning 6 6:30 whenever the sun has just faintly risen at that time they must have uh, so do you know there is this time span called the golden hour right okay. after the sunrise and right before the sunset happens twice a day it is when the the sun is at such a position on a tip, on a particular place that the lighting is just perfect for outdoor photography or outdoor videography so that that is called golden hour so you're trying to say it was shot in in a golden mm-hmm. hour maybe through that i know so there this apps and this websites you can enter your location and they'll tell you what is the golden hour for your location today and tomorrow and so and so forth or uh, the other thing you know where you were saying uh, don colioni uh, doesn't ask for money in fact he says i will do this not for money but if you came to me as a friend i would have done it mm-hmm. and then he says take this as as the wedding gift of my daughter but one day i'll ask you for a return yeah. clearly shows this guy is smart he's a don he's rich he's don colioni he has all the maybe not all the money in the world but he definitely has a lot of money like he has a huge mm-hmm. mansion and everything doesn't need more money man so but he knows that a person like him might run into problems might run into situations where he might need help help as in real help help as in like getting out of the jail i don't know maybe even breaking a jail or something i don't know kind of cool stuff mafia people do Mm-hmm. so he doesn't ask for money he's like one day i'll ask for your favor mm-hmm. so that is that is a smart thing that you see yes. him do uh many a times in the movie um, you don't see him do many a times in the movie but he definitely does this regularly that's how he has politicians and everybody and and film stars coming in his uh, daughter's wedding talking about the cameras and the equipments back then and being shot on film have you realized um, there's not a lot of camera tricks as it only okay. suspense doesn't the suspense scene didn't have a lot of camera tricks in fact um, among, among all the notes that i've written here among all the notes here i guess only one or two are actual camera tricks okay like there is one trick which which is in uh, to be honest a camera trick it's more of a lighting trick 
in the beginning uh, the doctor's wedding thing if you have paid attention everybody who's in the cab- uh, in his cabin mm-hmm. in his office they are lit from above so the funeral guy is lit from above which means his eyebrows eyebrows and and this part of the skull above the eye casts a shadow on the eye so the okay. eyes are not visible even uh, lucas uh, after the funeral brazi uh, luka brazi after the funeral guy leaves look even luka brazi is lit the same way uh, hence uh, don colony can't see their eyes and the thing is we as humans we tend to see eye movement as one of the first things to determine if the person in front of me the person that i'm uh, conversing with if he is genuine trustable or not okay. if let's say i tell you you know man uh, i don't know i met your brother and uh, he is not well mm-hmm. he's in a hospital or something dude you should go and visit him right now if i'm looking into your eyes straight up you know i'm speaking the truth if i'm looking elsewhere if my eyes are wandering that means i'm cooking it up that's generally how we as humans work since mm-hmm. don colony can't see anyone's eyes it it means that he doesn't know if he can trust people or not he doesn't know when people come to him if they are telling the truth or they are cooking it up so then mm-hmm. which is like an amazing visual hint in the mo- in the very beginning of the movie just brilliant but i think that is uh, one of the few very few uh, camera tricks camera tricks in fact it's not a camera trick it's a lighting trick not a camera trick okay but yeah i think the movie has very little camera techniques very little tech so to speak but the movie is amazing because how great the story is played out mm-hmm. there is very little cheap tricks like uh, honestly it uh, as huge a fan of martin scorsese i am i really think if martin scorsese had to make a movie like godfather where he was not given a lot of camera tricks he was he wasn't given camera tricks he was given very little you know gimbals and drones and all the modern tech it was only the story that had to pull it off even martin scorsese would struggle to pull off something as amazing as the godfather and i don't say that uh, easily i don't say that mm-hmm. lightly i i am a huge fan of martin scorsese yeah. but i think uh, it's just lost in us and and the filmmakers of our generation yeah. so this guy, this guy was really you know hell bent on making this movie and although he directed the movie the mm-hmm. screenplay was written by him and uh-huh. the author of the book Okay. So the screenplay is by both of them, Mario Puzo mm-hmm. and uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Mm. Okay. So this is the pattern that I usually notice. You know, if the director and the screenwriter is the same guy, then <laughs> the film, if it's a good good director, then it, the film usually comes out to be really okay. Well, okay. Like Quentin okay. Tarantino. Also, one more thing, I saw this movie on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. If I would meet Jeff Bezos, I would really ask him, bro, what the fuck? I know Jeff you're listening. Okay, I know you're listening to this. So listen to me carefully. Um the two options, subtitles and language. I said the language to English. There was some English auto description something. I didn't go for that. I went for English original. Okay? Mm-hmm. And in subtitles I went for English. So what happens in the English original audio is there are times when they are speaking in Italian. you know when they are com- conversing among themselves among the family especially they are talking in italian mm-hmm. and there is subtitles when they are talking in english when they are talking in sp- italian it reads speaking in italian <laughs> thank you i didn't know that mm-hmm. 
सीरियसली जेफ आई नो यूर लिस्निंग प्लीज फिक्स दिस ओके गेट समबडी हू नोज इटालियन टू राइट ऑफ टाइटल्योर इफ आई वेंट टू इंग्लिश ऑटो डिस्क्रिप्शन और समथिंग इट वुड ट्रांसलेट द इटालियन इन टू इंग्लिश फॉर मी बट that's what subtitles is for why should i have to change the language i should have to change the subtitles no one solution uh, you know that uh, i would suggest is, is just uh, they should outsource subtitles to learnor and we can do that for them no no you can just copy we will give you a good prize jeff you can just copy the link of that you know this thing and you can send it to the sicilian mafia and just mention jeff, <laughs> jeff bezos name there so you know they might probably solve the problem uh, yeah, the head would be even easier yes. to chop off because he's already bald I I don't think I like that joke. <laughs> mm, sorry. <laughs> sorry Jeff, don't yes. Dude, before you know we'll already be killed. Don't don't make such jokes that will get us killed. Yeah. So by killing I, I again remember the killing scene in the end. Okay. There are, I I, was, I don't know but to be honest I was really pulling my fucking hair out. Hmm. I'm like dude I'm supposed to write notes on this movie. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking. What the fuck am I supposed to write? I don't even know. God. I I I really think am I getting something wrong when I say English subtitles it should translate everything into English and write it down in the bottom it shouldn't say speaking italian i'm like yeah, i i know he's speaking italian mm. you know i do not support piracy but, but there are like... times like these when i could have just downloaded the movie from torrent and got a srt file which would mm. perfectly work perfectly work I really hated when companies leave us as viewers with no choice but to go to torrent and download a movie. And it's it's just not movies by the way. I think in a future podcast episode I'm going to talk about uh you remember this game Need for Speed Most Wanted? Uh-huh. Yes. I think it was a brilliant game. Uh it was one of the most sold Need for Speed games ever. They sold something 15 million copies, some 15 million odd copies. For 15 million copies sold, it should be really easy to get the, your hands on a CD, DVD, a copy of the game, right? It's not. It's not getting game of a copy is so difficult. You might just go on torrent and download it. Again, I I do I do not support piracy, but mm-hmm. for a game that sold 15 million copies, EA Sports can do better. If they are not doing it better, it's not. anybody else's fault it's their fault but yeah coming back to uh yeah. uh don carrick carry carlioni carlioni yeah yeah difficult names man italian people have difficult names hmm. i think so have you noticed that the peculiarity in the ending killing scene so sorry the the peculiarity mm-hmm. in the killing scene so in, in in the end during the killing scenes there is no music mm-hmm. there is no music the background voice is again as you said it's being spoken in italian and the the words were that of the priest who was doing the baptism for michael's son yeah yeah that, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, priest yeah. sermon was going on and simultaneously they were showing shots of people being killed mogin uh-huh. being killed barzini being killed and the gunshots mm-hmm. so see that is the thing i could understand it was baptism because i saw church i saw a child Mm. what else it could be and it was scary it was scary that's the best part ah, yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. scary yeah, the, the priest sermon too it was scary no music okay once the shot was fired there was you know music for one or two seconds but other than that it's just the priest sermon going yeah. on whole yeah. the whole time yeah. when people were being killed i agree man i agree i agree i agree also one thing i noticed uh 
Oh, even I have written that in my notes, by the way. Michael seems like this nice guy who's like, oh, I'm a civilian. The beginning of the movie, he's just a civilian. He's like, that's my family, that's not me. Mm-hmm. But, boy, oh boy. <laughs> nice guy, tell me about yeah. it. <laughs> of course, when, you know, when your dad's life is, uh-huh. you know, the question mark. Yeah. Definitely yeah. take adverse actions. I also really loved one thing. Uh, when Don Colon is shot and these guys are sitting in the house and uh, some guy comes to Sunny and he's like, there is a courier on the door. Okay. The courier is basically fishes wrapped uh, in uh, Luca's body armor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the guy who comes in, Sunny is really angry at him at first. He's like, what oh, the fuck, don't you see I'm doing something really important. There's a meeting going on. But then he's like, hey, there's a courier and a guy goes and gets the courier. So then Sunny asks that guy, hey, you, you had food or something? You, um, you want some food? There, there is food. There's brandy. Bra- have some brandy. It will help you. Okay. Really like that, you know. Though he is a short-tempered guy, though he is the son of a huge, huge Don, maybe the biggest Don. Mm-hmm. But he's really humble. He's really caring for people who work with him. You know, he could, um, I don't know, for, throw a fucking hell on his face, man. Like, my dad just got shot. What the fuck do you want? You want food? Go fuck yourself. My dad just got shot. And then he was like, hey, there, there's some food. Do you want some food? Do you want some brandy? That's, it will help you. I, I think, uh, especially when you try to keep your, yourself in his position, I, I don't think I can pull that off, man. When your dad is shot, it's mm-hmm. really difficult to ask the other guy, did you have some food? Mm-hmm. Like fuck food, bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's something that really touched me at that at that point, at that point. Okay, another thing that I think is that the movie was dubbed, as in the audio was not shot at the same time as the video. The entire. I think the entire movie, because uh, this there's a few. So I have edited uh, quite a lot of videos, and few of my projects included videos which are dubbed. Okay, so that is one thing, and the that's 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 what gives me the context. And the other thing is, back then a lot of movies were dubbed. I don't know, maybe film cameras could not record audio the way digital cameras do. Like digital cameras make a MP4 or a MOV or a red raw file, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I think uh, there is no. I have never used films, by the way, so I have no clue. But I think there was no way to store audio on a film. Maybe it was that, or I don't know, whatever the reason. Like, I know for a fact that Lagan was India's, Bollywood's first mainstream big budget movie, which was not dubbed, which had something called live sound, which is basically how you and me shoot, how everybody shoots. Okay. You turn on the camera, it also records the audio and the video. So, Lagan was the first big budget mainstream movie to do that in India. So, when you're talking about Godfather, it was shot many 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 years before Lagan and back then I have heard so that it was a common place for uh, audio to be dubbed in a separate audio mm-hmm. proof like audio treated room so and and it really shows at some places I, I think so I may be wrong I'm not sure do, do you think the movie was dubbed or you never noticed a difference uh, I, I didn't quite notice a difference I don't know okay maybe I didn't observe it that well when I watched it okay uh, yeah, I guess uh, it's all my points. You tell me. Is there anything else you wanna 
Sí. Mm. Yeah, that's it, you know. <laughs> Love the movie, but... Uh, but please, the... please, Jeff Bezos, get your subtitles right. Yeah. Like, aren't you the, like, the richest man, bro? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. get a good subtitle. <laughs> okay, no offense. I, I think it was really a piss poor. Mm-hmm. Every time they started speaking in Italian, and it was like, speaking Italian. I'm like, mm-hmm. thank you. Should I like call Enzo Ferrari now to translate this for me? Like, what the fuck, man? Other than that, I, I think I really loved the movie, man. Mm-hmm. I loved the dark color theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something yet to, f- you know, I, I, have, I have to figure it out. I, you know, what kind of tint one should use to portray a particular kind of vibe you mm-hmm. know every means every great director does that even the mm-hmm. even francis ford coppola has done that but you know it's not in terms of editing but i'm just visually trying to understand okay. how how okay. they okay. do it wow mm. i agree man a lot of the movies shot in the dark at night yeah the david fincher films you know the, the tint has got a darkness to it <laughs> you know that someone I is agree. about to get killed or fucked up <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's very true. In fact, some Bollywood movies tried it uh, in really creative ways. I think Shootout at Vadala or Lokandwala, one of I guess Lokandwala... Uh, had this very yellowish... It, it should have been... Uh, it should be, I guess, Lokandwala because it was, it was quite... It was quite good. So it, was, it was a good movie. I, I saw that as a kid. I think I'd have to see the movie again mm-hmm. in order to really talk about it. But I remember it had this very yellow uh, tint to it. Like... The whites were yellow and the yellows were orange in that movie. <laughs> I guess Sriram Raghavan tried it in Badlapur, but uh, it's it's a Bollywood movie, Badlapur, but he couldn't manage to pull that off, I guess, I, after watching it. But in Andhadun, he managed to do it. I think also a movie, I think DC movies, all the DC movies play pull this tint thing really well. If you have seen Joker. Okay. Joker mm-hmm. did a decent job at it. Joker did a really... Is Joker strictly a DC movie, so to speak? Uh, I think so, because, you know, if, if you're making a... If you're making a movie on uh, the DC character, character, yeah, you you got to take I think right uh, Suicide Squad pulled it off really well. Okay. Uh, all the Dark Knight movies, well, they are, they are in a different... Mm-hmm. League. League of their own. <laughs> Just legendary movies, I think. But, yeah... I think Dunkirk even pulled, uh, Dunk fixed the subtitle thing. Please call Jeff and tell him, bro, what the hell, bro? I paid all the money, man. I want my money back. No, don't, I don't know, up to you. You want to tell him that? Tell him that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, tell us which other movies you would want us to make a, an episode on, which other movies should I watch. And uh, yeah, I guess that is it um, for today's episode. Thanks a lot for watching listening uh if you haven't subscribed yet you should subscribe you can subscribe on apple podcast google podcast spotify uh, wherever you get your podcasts uh, and some of you have subscribed but you haven't told your friends that this is the best podcast in the world what the hell man i'm watching <laughs> just kidding guys take care thanks a lot